Hi, this is Jesse, and I'm the editor of Angelic Magazine. For this podcast, I'm interviewing David and Sherry Drew. They are the lead pastors of Celebration Church in Phoenix, Arizona. On this podcast, we're discussing the coronavirus and specifically how do we seek Jesus in the midst of it with our confusion, with so many breaking news reports and the uncertainty of what's going on. How can we cling to our faith? On our website, angelicmag.com, if you need prayer, we have a prayer request set up on our homepage where you can click the link, type in your prayer request. We're asking for anybody who reads the prayer request to join with us in praying for one another. I hope you are encouraged by this podcast. I hope you remember that in the midst of our uncertainty, Jesus is certain and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the midst of any fear that we might have, he really is our refuge. That in the midst of our confusion, there is no confusion in Jesus and that we really can cling to him, that he is a healer, that he is our hope. And so I pray that through this podcast, you can find hope. Be blessed. How are you both taking what the news is reporting just about the coronavirus? What are your feelings? What are your thoughts? Well, I think there's, you know, given the the secular viewpoint and worldview, um, we're getting kind of what I expected. The, you know, information, but still a little bit of the fear factor involved, um, where a lot of it is the the worst case scenarios that are coming out and kind of how that impacts people. And our response to it has basically been, you know, we've heard many respond the same way about uh, walking in faith, um, really digging deep into our faith in God and not living in the fear of the moment. Um, And one of the phrases that we're really kind of leaning towards and, and bringing to people is that really, the only hope we have, which is in Christ, is the only hope we need. Because, you know, when you come to the the end result of even, let's say, somebody contracts the disease, there's no cure. Um, you can only treat it with basic cold medications. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. When you ultimately get to it, and then even those who, let's just go worst case um, and look at the those who have died from it, you're still back to the only hope that we have is the only hope that we need, and that's in Christ. So even worst case scenario, it takes the life of someone. And I've even, we've talked about this as a family, even if it took my life, the thing is, is we have hope in Christ that this is not this is not all there is, and so I we really see that there's a lot of opportunity in this, even though this is such a bad thing affecting our entire world. Um, it really draws the church back to the faith that we have in Christ, and really exercising that faith muscle that you know I think we could all probably admit. Um, has kind of gone a little weak, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was mentioning to my wife uh, on Monday going into the office that, you know, it's kind of like not using a muscle and then all of a sudden picking something up that's 50 pounds, 75 pounds. It's like, wow, I haven't used that muscle. 
that's kind of what I'm seeing in this. So if you can kind of take me through the process of behind the scenes, I saw a video of your church announcing that you'd be postponing services for the next couple of weeks for, for a pastor to make that decision. Obviously, you know, like there's state rules and whatnot that we have to follow, but what goes into that thought process of like, we're actually going to stop church for the next couple of weeks. What was that like for you? Well, uh, my viewpoint is we didn't stop church. Okay. We adjusted the way we adjusted the way we are being the church. Okay. Um, and when the when the president made the statement um, we can have two weeks ago about recommending that we not meet in groups of more than ten, the Arizona Assemblies of God. Um, made a video and sent it out to all of the church pastors and also recommended that we follow that recommendation. You know, there was no arm twisting. There was no, you know, you're going to lose credentials if you don't do this or anything like that. It was just simply, we want to uh, stay under the authority of our leaders and do what they're requesting, even though it wasn't a mandate. And even though Arizona had the man, you know, the 50, no more than 50 to me, which was, I think, ultimately the CDC's recommendation. We took all of that into consideration. And I, you know, with the district leadership, he's basically like my pastor. So the way I respond to him, you know, the way I would want people to respond to me as their pastor, I want to set the example. So that's where we made the, the decision that we would not meet physically as a, as an act of love, really, to those that it could affect, and also to help stem the tide of it. Um, but then we said we would have our service online, which, and I will say this, um, the online views was basically about triple the amount of people we would normally reach on a Sunday morning. Oh, wow. Physically. So there is, you know, we find that people are, they're looking. In fact, I'll tell you this, uh, the, the actual mechanism that we were going to use was church online or the platform It's called, uh, church platform online. And so many churches, this has been made free to many churches from, I don't know if you're familiar with Craig Groeschel from, yes, uh, yes. Life church. Mm-hmm. yeah, Life Church He's made that free to every every pastor in every church. Well, I had this thought in the back of my mind that it could be very overused on that Sunday, and I was not wrong. When I looked to see if ours was coming on live, it wasn't coming on. So we ultimately had already backed it up going into YouTube. So we just sent out another note letting everybody know, go straight to our website, and it'll take you right to YouTube. Okay. Because um, it, it literally it broke it. I mean, there were so many people going on to listen to church's sermons online and watching their messages that it, it slowed it down so much that we had to use that alternative route. Okay. So to me, and that's, you know, that's a problem, but it's a good problem. So how are you both, and, and Sherry, if you want to jump in, you can. How are you juggling this as pastors of a church, as parents? Like, how do you juggle this? Is it the same? Is it different? What, what is that experience like? Well, I have to admit, you know, at times uh, there's frustration 
created in the midst of this, especially those of us who tend to be more extrovert, like myself, believe it or not, <laughs> um, you know, the idea of coming together in a small group, whether it be our prayer group or our ladies um, bi-monthly Bible study, um, when you're trying to coordinate what that looks like when we can't physically meet, um, because of the different generations that are part of that group, you know, I mean, one of our ladies is 84 years old. Well, she wouldn't have a clue how to take a Zoom app, okay. put it on her phone, and us do a Bible study like that. So, you know, as a pastor's wife, um, my goal is just to reach each person where they are, whether that's a phone call, you know, can I pray with you about something, or a text, I'm thinking of you, and maybe God's given me a scripture to send to them, um, or even FaceTiming, you know, I'm getting ready to do that with a friend of mine from church um, in a little while, just because she's one of those people that loves to be with people. And then you have other people who they're, they have no problem with being at home and isolated and by themselves. So anyway, I think it's just readjusting how we do life these days. And David and I are just constantly reminding one another, um, just enjoy the journey, live in the moment. Um, don't allow the fact that it took six phone calls to six different grocery stores to finally find that the closest grocery store had just gotten a shipment of eggs. Yeah. I was down to four and I walked in and got two 18 count of eggs. But I have to admit, I, I was kind of starting to get a little upset about it, but it, won't, it wasn't doing me any good. So afterwards it was kind of like, well, that'll go down in the books as lesson learned. Don't get stressed out just because you have four eggs in the house. God will provide. He'll always make a way. Yes. So we ended up just kind of laughing about it as a family. Um, but that's just kind of a small example of how God constantly reminds us to keep things in perspective. Yeah. So I have a question for you both. What would you say to people who are having their faith shook right now? I know for a lot of people, there's the scariness of one getting the illness or a loved one getting the illness or two uh like i know in california they have a state lockdown and my father my my siblings they live in california and so they can't work right now because they're not an essential business so to people who are worried about finances what would be your message to people who are just they're looking for answers and there is god who is the answer but what would you say to them specifically on how do you not have your faith shook in the midst of this time You know, that's a good question, and it's it's really where kind of the rubber meets the road of our of our uh, confession of of our true belief in God. Um, you know, is He a God that will walk through us with the mid, in the midst of this? And there's there's so many biblical examples of you know Elijah uh, in King Ahab and Jezebel's day when there were three and a half years of famine and drought, um, you know, it affected him as well. It affected Elijah. And he had to 
he had to put his trust and faith in God and ultimately came, you know, to the lady and, and said, her and her son, they were going to, they had just a little bit of meal and she was going to make a cake and they were going to eat it. She said, we're going to eat it and die. And that's where he goes, you know, make a cake, but give it to me first. And it sounds so selfish. But when when she did that, she never ran out of meal for the remainder of the the drought. And so it's really, again, it's an opportunity to truly test, test, you know, that's where the God says to test him now in this and see if he will not pour out from heaven the windows of blessing and, and make a way of need. And, you know, I realize our government is, is addressing this issue. And um, even though it may not be tomorrow or immediately, um, I believe they've passed it to, or at least ultimately coming to the point where they're passing that $2 trillion help, you know what I'm saying? And so, but then again, it's, we're back to, are we going to trust men? Are we going to trust God? And it, again, it doesn't put food on their table. It doesn't put money in their checkbook, but God has ways to do things that are miraculous. And uh, it's this is kind of where our faith rubber meets the road. Okay. So I saw... Well, uh, Jeff, when you asked the question, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is, you know, without God, people tend to be self-centered. Even those of us that know the Lord can tend to be self-centered when we're not walking in the Spirit. But... It's so encouraging when you read about and hear about stories where people are going out and helping other people. Um, because what it tends to do is help you get your eyes off of your own problems or whatever you're dealing with. And it seems to me that as we go about meeting other people's needs, God does end up meeting our needs. And like David said, not always in the way that we think he will, for example, you know, I don't have a job, so what's going to be my source of income? Well, God is aware of that, and he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. And I know sometimes people can think that that's super spiritual, but again, you have a choice to make. Are you going to walk in fear, or are you going to walk by faith? And the word says, take no thought for tomorrow, because today has enough concerns of its own. And I was going to kind of go there too, Jesse, with, you know, how— here in our in our culture and society, we're we're definitely looking for the paycheck. You know, whether it's uh, weekly, whether it's biweekly, whether it's monthly, like many teachers uh, receive it monthly. But you know, Jesus had just said to pray, of course, the Lord's prayer. But when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we're getting to the point where that's that's where some Americans, many Americans, many businesses here in Arizona, especially in the restaurant industry, um, it's a day-by-day thing. And that's where, like in my message Sunday, you know, become the answer. What can I do to help someone? It may just be, man, these people can't ultimately find toilet paper. Well, you know, the church, do we have extra toilet paper, just a roll that we can give them? You know what I'm saying? And that, it doesn't mean put food on the table, but hey, it it met that need. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To just maybe even pray with somebody um, that helps them to kind of recenter their thoughts back on God. And ultimately, he is the one that's going to take care of them. And, and we're in a, a huge trust situation. Are we going to trust God to bring us through this? And ultimately, let's say somebody does get the coronavirus. Can Do we still believe that God will heal them? 
So it's really putting the things we, we say we believe to, uh, to the test and to practice it. So how would you say that this is uh, – do you see positives that have come out of this for you specifically within your church? I know you said, like, you had three times the amount of people viewing online than that would come in person on the mornings. Have you seen – Yeah. I, I'm sorry. You can, you can go on. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it it's back to the – the faith in God, I, I think it's easy to kind of just become kind of go into cruise control mode um, in in the church. Um, and it really brings us back to the basics of um, our faith. Well, and just the things that are important as Christians, you know, the importance of loving one another, respecting one another, being there for one another one another and I would say as a whole our church has not been moved by this at all um, it's just more coming from the perspective of is there anything that you know of pastor and Sherry that I can do to be a help um, you know so and then just jumping in and meeting whatever that need is and some people have just chosen to do that voluntarily without even asking it's just you know, kind of like I'm headed to the store, neighbor. Can I pick up anything for you? Okay. Um, so again, I I feel like what the devil's trying to use for our destruction, God is in turn using for His glory, and um, uniting us. And you know, there's a there's a really good uh, column that uh, the man's name is George Friedman. He's a geopolitical analyst, okay. and he basically just kind of breaks it down that. The clarity, he kind of brings clarity to this crisis in, in noting that there are really four systems uh, operating in the United States, the medical, the economic, the social, and then the political. And what we're finding in this crisis is the medical system is seeking to limit the disease, so they're asking us to, uh, you know, socially not interact as much, social distancing. So, but its countermeasure is by social distancing, we're drastically affecting our economic system, mm -hmm. which is affecting our all of our economies. You can't keep doing that, so you know what I'm saying, and it until the economy collapses. And then so as a result, now the political system seeking to fix it and legislating those types of things and bringing a, a cure to it, but it's going to take time for the medical system to develop a vaccine. Uh, it could be a year. Um, and so where is our hope? And here, here we're back again to our only hope that we have is the only hope we need at this point to bring us through this crisis. And I believe that's why easing into some normalcy, I think, is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just learning how to deal with this crisis of the coronavirus in the midst of that. Yeah. And I know that can be really tricky. It can be really tricky because it doesn't probably going to matter what way you go or what you actually do. Somebody might not like it. Yeah. So I have a couple more questions for you. One of, one of the sure. questions is, so I know for myself, using my own personal experiences, there were times in my life where, I just needed church. Like I needed to experience worship. I needed to be in the presence of God's house. And yeah. now that we're having to social distance ourselves, and there's a lot of isolation for people, 
I mean, I don't have facts on this, but I would imagine that there's going to be a lot of loneliness and depression, those kinds of feelings. Well, what are your yeah. thoughts on, so like as pastors, to, to someone who is yeah. feeling lonely or depressed in the midst of the season, what would you say to that? Well, I'll tell you, Jesse, I've really thought through that because it, it, let's say that we were mandated to, we couldn't meet in groups of more than 10. I will do everything I can to, we'll have as many services as we have to have on a Sunday, or we'll do it Saturday night, and we'll just say, hey, sign up. We're going to have these many services. Um, who wants to come at Saturday at 7 o'clock? We're going to have up to 10 people. And, of course, my wife, Lauren, will be there. Sherry will be there. So we're going to make three every time, so seven people. We'll do that um, however many times it takes to get everybody there. I mean, there's there's a way around this because we're not – I know not every church could do that. We're not – we're under 100, so we can do that. And, and I'll make it happen if that be the case. Right now, of course, it's through social media. It's through more telephone calling now that I've uh, talked with people and, you know, just communicated with them that way. Um, but we'll find a way to make it happen. Do you have any thoughts on that, Sherry? Um, no, I mean, because David has shared that with Lauren and me, and we were like, oh, sure, absolutely, let's do it. I mean, you know, I, I think that would be very feasible, and I think it was – people would get on board with it in a heartbeat, you know, there would be a sense of kind of like the idea of you give people a vision or a goal to reach. Um, most people will jump on board and do whatever it takes to reach the goal. You know what I mean? Yes. I say that in, in saying that I would also, again, let everybody know we're still going to be uh, applying the safe hand washing and all those types of principles. Again, doing this in the midst of the coronavirus with more, at least we're, now we have more understanding of how it, it, it can be infected and, you know, you can be a host of it and not know it and all those types of things. So just keeping those safe practices going while meeting together. Okay. So I guess, my, my, yes, my, my final question for you would be, is what would you want people to be praying about for you as pastors, as husband and wife, as parents, what can people be praying about for you? You know, just wisdom that, that we will be hearing the Lord and following his direction and not being moved by the outside circumstances that we continue to go forward in our calling with, with anointing and power. Do you have any thoughts on that, Sherry? Well, again, just reiterating the same idea that, you know, ultimately, what is the Spirit of the Lord speaking to us personally? And I know when, when we realized that our friends that pastor in a different state, what they were doing, we were encouraged. We were like, that's wonderful. Um, and it, it really helped give us perspective because, again, we're a much smaller congregation than they are. And it's like, you know, um, you know, whatever we feel led to do, as long as our heart is right in the midst of what we're doing, I feel like God will honor it. And, you know, one last thing on that, too, Jesse, is I, I really believe um, as a pastor that this is something God can use to bring America back to him. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that 
as you look at American history, when times were bad, um, there's been many uh, great moves of God, uh, mm -hmm. awakenings, the first great awakening, the second great awakening. You start studying revivals, and it's, it's when times are darkest that the light shines the brightest. And this is such an that's why I say when we opened up that it's it's an opportunity for the church to really show people what what God is all about outside of all the political, you know, things that are intermingled with all of that and where God is uh he wants to be a part of people's lives and he wants to be their source and what greater time than now to see that happen. Yeah. And uh, so I really believe it's going to be a, a time where it gets it gets the church back on its knees in, in true intercession for our, our nation and uh, bringing us bringing us back to God and, and, and the things that this, you know, our nation was founded on. So. OK, so could you end us with leading us out in prayer? Absolutely. Okay, so feel free. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we have this opportunity to come before you and to know that you are in control. And Lord, as I've said so many times throughout this podcast and before, that the only hope we have is the only hope we need, and that is you. And we ask in the name of Jesus that first and foremost, Lord, you would place a calm over people. Lord, we know that one of your names is Prince of Peace. Yes. And Lord, your word says that you would give us a peace that would guard our heart and our mind through Christ Jesus. And Father, we just pray that right now as this as this coronavirus issue continues to progress, we ask that you would rise up and you would show yourself strong in the midst of this. I pray, Lord, that we will begin to see people being healed of this supernaturally before there's ever a vaccine. I ask, Lord, that you would guard and keep us not only in America, but our world. And, Father, that you would use this to draw us back to you. And, Lord, that your mercy and grace would be shown. And, Father, we thank you that you are you. here with us. You've never left, left us or forsaken us because, Jesus, that's what you said when you left this earth, that you would never leave us or forsake us. You would always be with us, and you sent your Holy Spirit to be with us and to give us that comfort. So we just thank you that you are with us in the midst of this. And I pray, Lord, that as people are in need that may hear this, that they would reach out to you, and, Lord, that you would show yourself strong for them. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.